0: Welcome to The Family with,
1: co-host Catherine Brandt
0: and Andy Brent bernard on the Tom Bernard Podcast. Alex is, uh, she has an appointment today, unfortunately. She did. Michael Bryant said he was going to be here at any minute, so we shall see. He'll well, pro-
1: it's a Monday, it's hot. Well, you it know? is hot. all
0: right. It sure is. I, when I went back outside, I was like, holy Hannah.
1: For Minneapolis, this is hot. It says it's 92. It's supposed to get up to 101. That's hot for That's this area.
0: And humid on top of it. It is true. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll take a break, be right back. Tia Graham, be a happy leader, stop feeling overwhelmed, thrive personally, and achieve killer business results. More good news. I know it's hard to believe listening to the radio, watching television, reading the newspapers, where there's never any good news. Mm -hmm. So this is good news. Tia Graham is our very special guest up next on the Tom Bernard (laughs) podcast.
2: Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue?
0: Dude, dude,
1: dude.
0: i just got a text from joe in louisville now you're getting the idea of the weather down here yeah <laughs> yeah 101 degrees hot and baby. Steamy. hot and steamy all the Doesn't way we have a like... hello
3: that?
0: this is tia tia how are
3: you i'm good how are you
0: not bad we're on We're you ready to pop on the air with us in minneapolis
3: yes i'm ready
0: Ladies and gentlemen, be a happy leader, stop feeling overwhelmed, thrive personally, and achieve killer business results. Tia Graham with us. Tia, we're on a roll today, and your voice tells me it's going to continue because you sound like you're in a great mood.
3: (laughs) I am. Excited to be with you.
0: Well, it's very nice to have you. I'm excited to have you on. Be a happy leader (laughs) inspires listeners to prioritize and elevate their personal happiness and create lasting career success through an easy-to-follow eight-step methodology. Now, I have to ask you right up front because uh, we're been talking lately about this fact that uh for some reason, people love to claim they're a victim. Are we getting past that? Tia, is that what this is all about? being being happy, being a happy leader? Uh I don't understand someone who constantly is claiming they've been victimized by this, that, and the other thing. How can you be happy and feel that way? right?
3: Yes, yes, I mean, you no, know, some people are genetically predisposed to be a little more, let's say. Uh, negative or have the perspective that they're a victim, but the research shows that a large uh, part of our happiness and our well-being and how we approach life is based on our daily choices. So we actually have a lot of control over how we feel every single day. It takes work, work and effort, but but anyone,
1: anyone can focus on it. I'm sorry. Am I hearing that personable accountability is something that's good? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: I mean, you know, I, I compare it with you know, you want to be physically healthy. You have to keep you know doing activities every single day and making choices. And your happiness and your
1: mindset is the exact same.
0: See, isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's so, so. That's what basic. I used
1: to think, but. <laughs>
0: That's what you used to think?
1: It seems like that's just not how the world operates right now. So, I mean, I love what you said. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, here's a good example. Tia Graham with us, ladies and gentlemen. Be a happy leader, teaches leaders to lead positively, put their people first, and create engaged teams, which leads to higher productivity and profit. I've been chirping uh, at people about that for about 51 years now, Tia, and most people just, I don't know, they just don't get it. They want to be judgmental they want to be negative well right now particularly to you uh, anywhere you go radio television newspapers right, everybody's crabby and everybody's upset that everybody oh my I saw something in a newspaper today which I, not, I thought I'd never see because I you know I do a morning show as well so I have to check the news constantly and they said something, there was something was going on in Italy and I can't remember what it was and in the story they said um, and the man being a foreigner and then in parentheses it said, Meaning he's not Italian. Yeah, what? I know what a foreigner is. I know what foreigner means. You don't have to tell me what foreigner means. Well, I thought you meant it. Well. He was Italian, and as an American, I see him as a foreigner.
2: <laughs> yeah. Tia, what is that? Why
0: do people have to do those things?
3: Well, I mean, everyone has their own reality. I'm thinking this particular person, right, is, is is making assumptions about people, mm-hmm. about yes, their education, their intellect, you know. And so I think we have to realize that our reality is only our reality, you know. And so obviously I, w- I would say that person has a very different reality than you, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Um. And, and probably isn't realizing that that they're belittling people actually by, by by putting something like that in.
0: I couldn't agree. It was absolutely belittling to the reader. It's like, oh, in case you didn't know, a foreigner is somebody who's not from your land. It's like, yeah, I think I learned that when I was three. Maybe they thought we meant the band. <laughs> yeah, foreigner of the band. That's exactly what we right. meant. Right. He's a member of foreign. <laughs> right. We um. We. <laughs> we've had a very good day, a very happy day so far. I don't know, maybe, and it's 100 degrees here, so we shouldn't be that happy because it's very humid as well. But I think, Tia, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but people are trying to be happier. Uh, Do you find that to be the case?
3: Yes, absolutely. Because of the last few years, and it's been this great reset, people are taking stock of their lives, looking at what is really important to them, and thinking about how do I, you know, want to move forward and not just staying status quo and organizations and, you know, companies, et cetera, are looking at people's well-being in a way that hasn't been looked at in the past. And so even though there is a lot of negativity, I'm actually quite optimistic about the future of work and what this means for working professionals.
0: I think it's a great lesson because I – you know, and I don't not only do this podcast, but I've been in radio for forever, worked at a couple other places. I was, I was at Capitol Records for a while. And I've always had, I know this is going to be hard for you to believe, Tia, to and all the people in the studio here, including my own personal attorney, Michael Bryant, who's here. But I have a very, very hard time dealing with leadership because it's always about the money. It's never about the people. Is that one of the keys to you for for leaders to be a happy leader? Yeah, you know, I know you got to make money to keep your job. I understand that. But can't you put the people first and then the money? Can, can that come in second? Or is that not right?
3: No, you are 100% correct. Good, and that is good. what a lot of my book and the work that I do is about. So of course, I mean, I led teams in the luxury hotel industry for 14 years. Mm -hmm. Of course, you need to focus on results, revenue, and profit. That's a given. Mm -hmm. But you also need to be focusing on relationships, the one-on-one relationships with the people that report to you, as well as the team and the organization. And I got certified as a chief happiness officer in Denmark, you know, for happiness at work. And they, the way that CEOs in Denmark run their companies is that they have a equal focus on people and relationships. And let me tell you, the productivity is extremely high. And leaders today must focus on people, you know, otherwise they're not going to be able to retain people that we've been seeing. And so it is vital. I call it the happiness imperative for leaders. You have to
1: create a positive culture and, and have you know, great relationships with the people that work with you. That's interesting that you say that because I know several people that have just retired because they can't stand working for corporate America anymore. Yeah, true, and they want and and they've been they were begged by the corporations to please come back and do some work, and they're like, I am not going to work here unless I don't have to do all of this political stuff that right, you guys are into. Right. I just want to do my job. I want mm-hmm. to do my job and be left mm-hmm. alone to do my job. You know, isn't it funny how we've uh, entered a part uh, point in society where people are begging to just be left alone in their cubicle to <laughs>
0: slave away? It's like
1: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> leave yeah. me Well, alone. that's another that's another point. Is I I don't think that people feel like um, corporations or a lot of companies do value them as people. Um, And I think that's just such a huge mistake because it used to be people would stay in the same job for a long time because there were rewards. You'd get promotions and you'd get pensions. were a huge one, but those
0: basically don't exist anymore.
1: So, I mean, how do you, if there aren't those kind of rewards, how does a company keep employees happy?
3: Yeah, so the research shows that, you know, money and title, of course, they do matter and they're going to influence you know whether you choose to go work at a company or not but in terms of retention and then having people feel motivated and engaged and productive it's not about the money it's it's how they're treated so there's a lot of different strategies i'll give a few key ones so one is is appreciation so giving consistent positive specific authentic feedback on a regular basis of course you need to coach for improvement and you know do behavior correction but everyone needs to be receiving Appreciation and positive feedback. Otherwise, they're going to feel like, you know, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. That's one. Another one is is being very transparent about how the organization is doing. You know, I talk about sharing results throughout the organization. People <laughs> want to know. Not It's not just the at the executive level on how the company is doing. You need to be really transparent about what is happening because people are very interested. A third strategy is... Constantly communicating, having a leadership constantly communicate how the organization is helping society, why the work matters, why is this, it's not just about making money. There's a reason this company is in existence and you, you know, the company is helping the world in some way. So constantly talking about this is the meaning, this is the purpose of the work we're doing every day, and here's the progress that we're making. Huge research on how that is for people is just progress and meaningful work. And then um, another one is ensuring that people have at least one friend at work. You know, having friendship is vital for loyalty, for engagement, for feeling connected. And especially in this age of a lot of hybrid work, a lot of um, remote teams is making sure that that leaders are creating that space where people are getting to know each other, human to human, not just, again, focusing on the work and the numbers.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I, uh, I like the whole idea. The book is called be a happy leader. Stop feeling overwhelmed, thrive personally, achieve killer business results, thriving (laughs) personally. You know, I just said, Michael Bryan to, uh, he's a family friend. The, uh, met him as an advertiser on my morning show that I do in town and the first time I ever met Michael, he started yelling at me about was, was I didn't it wasn't Yes, at you did. <laughs> you're wrong about this that kind of thing. I
2: was stern.
0: I was, he was stern. Okay, that's what it was. But uh, exactly what you're talking about, uh, be a happy leader inspires listeners to prioritize and elevate their uh, personal happiness, create uh, lasting career success through uh, easy-to-follow eight-step methodology. Now. I am different, and Michael will tell you this. In anybody who knows me, will tell you this. I, you know, I got this morning show. I've been on it 37 years now. And many, many years ago, the industry thought I turned on them because I was nice to advertisers. I would actually go to lunch with them, to dinner with them. They became, we became <laughs> friends. Does that happen other? Now you're acquaintances with other people, Michael. But would you say you're a friend of other people on the radio?
2: Sure. I mean, it's different. I mean, you and I talk a lot more, and there's a lot more there. But, yeah, I mean, there's different people that I have Friendships with some are just all professional friendships, and yeah. Yeah, some right. are more, exactly. you know, do another thing.
0: But why do radio people in particular and TV people think, Well, I, I, I can't do that, I can't hang out with advertisers, it'll, it'll make me look
2: bad. Well, lawyers do that? Or, I mean, there's other really? people that do that, really. So it's not just radio, you know. Why just, do they do that? Well, because they don't really care about what they're doing, or oh, okay. they don't really care about, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, there I mean, you go. You, you've made a big point that you don't, you only deal with advertisers you like or that you believe in their products so oh, yeah, you don't not just have a group anybody. of people that right. you're just like blah 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 you know soap blah blah blah, blah toothpaste you know
0: so. right no you're and, right you're absolutely right about that is that a big part of it yeah, to you in, in believing uh, in your job to the point where you'll do things that people who do your job won't do uh, because that's kind of where I was I said no they're wrong uh, reaching out to people who are, are nice <laughs> enough to advertise on your show and are good people why would you not want to meet with them it seems to me you'd be a much happier leader if you did that, wouldn't you?
3: Yes, yes. You're making me think of the fantastic business book called The Go Giver, oh, where really? it's this yes, this the mindset shift of you know by by collaborating with your competitors mm-hmm. or by yeah. being friends with like your example of advertiser that you actually will have more financial abundance and professional success. So instead of having like this scarcity mindset, or, or you know feeling like not you know it's not great to build relationships, um, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that that's probably contributed to your success.
0: Yeah, I, and I agree with you. Everybody told me to do the exact opposite; that it would ruin my career. Hanging out, people find out you're hanging around with the advertisers. Going to think you're money grubbing. Like what?
2: Well, some of them could. <laughs> you know, well, I I suppose, on, yeah. I suppose. Was the yeah, I suppose. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that's
0: probably true. But I just—it makes my—it makes my life happier to know that the people who advertise on my show are actually my friends as well. I mean, we go to dinner. We go to as a matter of fact, we're going to a baseball game together this week with three of them. Michael. Stabbed us in the back, and he's not coming. But I'm you haven't heard
2: hernia surgery.
0: <laughs> you do not.
2: <know> <laughs> I will by then. No, I'm just <laughs> I'll kidding. By then.
0: Something will come up. I know for sure. <laughs>
2: no, I had a long-standing appointment. I had to get <laughs> right. To. Right.
0: Exactly. So, do people want to be happy, Tia? That's the other thing. When I watch television or read the newspaper, it doesn't seem to me like people even want to be happy right now. Is that part of it?
3: Uh, no, I disagree. Good. I think people Good. want to be happy. I think that's the ultimate currency that human beings are going for. But unfortunately, there's a lot of myths and misconceptions around what makes us happy in our personal life and what makes us happy at work. And so we are given incorrect messages, and there's a lot of mis, like I said, misleading information out there. And so this is why I am extremely obsessed with, Positive psychology, which is, you know, the research, the science of happiness, as well as science, because, you know, Ivy League schools are telling us all of the different activities and choices we can make that increase our happiness. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily, you know, getting more money or getting a new car or, you know, building a pool in your backyard. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's not necessarily those outward external things. And so um, that's why I'm trying to teach as many leaders and as many companies as possible about this, because also when people are happier, the research shows, they're more successful at work. And so, um, but I I believe, I believe everyone truly wants it.
0: You know, we're talking to Tia Graham, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, book, Be a Happy Leader, Stop Feeling Overwhelmed, Thrive Personally, and Achieve Killer Business Results. I think we're going to have to get to a point, too, one of these days that people are going to have to show that they're happy because the one— and I talked about this on my morning show this morning, and I actually, without being too direct and, you know, naming people individually, I said one of the biggest problems I've always had with radio is front office people lie more than any people I've ever met in my entire life. And that's pretty much every job I've ever had. And I don't know what the upside of lying to people. Now, all you're doing is separating people by doing it. Oh, did you hear what Bill said about this? And you know you're lying, and it's going to make people unhappy. Is that a power thing? What is that to you?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it is a power thing. And um, it's also, I would just say, it's you know connected to ego,
1: yes. where yes. Yeah.
3: making them feel good in the moment, feel good in the short term, but... Overall, it's actually going to take away from their psychological and emotional well-being.
0: Yeah, and I don't know why you'd want to feel that way. My, my response to them always is, well, here's the deal. You can do what you need to do to make your job better and blah, 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 blah. The only thing i got to warn you up front is if anything you do harms my family in any way, you're going to have a huge problem. In other words, don't get too personal because it will affect my family, and then you and I are going to go round and round. That I will not allow. You know, carrying that unhappiness from work home, Catherine's been putting up with it for several months now. It's been a rocky period.
1: Months, did you just say? Hmm.
0: 31 years. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Tia, we all want to be happy. Just what you're talking about, being a happy leader. If you have a happy leader, if I could go to work and go, my God, look how happy the leader is, isn't that really good for me too, right?
3: Yes, yes. So emotions and energy are contagious, yeah. just like a virus. Right. And so that it and there is so much research on the power of positive leadership and how that directly affects yep. the growth of a company. You know, it directly affects the bottom line and also it affects not only the employees, but it affects the employees' families. So if you yep. think about and I've had one a really toxic toxic negative boss you're bringing that home to your spouse, your partner mm-hmm. and your children. It's actually affecting families. And so the ripple effect and the responsibility is
0: is huge. You know, shouldn't you want to be happy in your job as well? To you I, I, like you went into that business because you thought, "Oh, this is going to be thrilling and it's going to be fun and I'm going to be happy." Why don't people want to be happy? Are they trying even? Do they know how?
3: So in terms of work, there is, again, myths and misconceptions, and many people believe, truly believe, that work is not supposed to be a place or an activity where you feel joy and excitement Why? and connection and you have fun. It's, it's, I would say a lot of it is cultural, and, of course, this depends on the industry. Like, I worked in the hotel industry. A lot of happy people – you don't go into hotel industry because you want to be – a millionaire. You go in there right. because of passion and you know. So that that type of industry attracted people that really had a lot of fun and happiness at work. So one is that first belief of oh work I'm not really supposed to be happy at work. I'm I go to there to work to make money so I could be happy on the weekends or if I'm on vacation. So the first is get, you know, changing that belief and saying no, I can actually be really happy at work. And then understanding that it's there's two sides one is is choosing an organization and a boss and a you know leadership and a team that also believes in that that wants to have a positive environment and then taking personal responsibility making choices to increase your happiness while you're working and one example of this is when you solve problems fix things make the team better make the company better help customers if you're just trying to fix problems that will actually make you happier while working. So instead of complaining like, oh, there's this is broken, this doesn't work, you actually actively try and fix things. Guess what? You're going to be happier. And there's so many other examples like that.
0: It's so amazing to me that people think being happy at work is a bad, uh, you're putting on an, a happy face is not a good thing. It's just bizarre thinking that. Look, I mean, I watched shows on television like the Johnny Carson show, the tonight show back in the day. You know, why I was drawn to it because those people all looked like they were very happy to be together on television. That was the number one thing that struck me that Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon and later on Jay Leno and all these people, they actually want, looked very happy to be around their friends and coworkers. That's why I watched the shows because it made me feel better.
3: Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, when, when you are working with people who truly enjoy what they're doing and they enjoy working with people, communicating with people, it ignites so much energy. You know, energy is actually a resource in organizations. You know, you, you're more motivated. And then also there's a lot of research that connects happiness at work and creativity and innovation. So, of course, the world's changing so fast. So, you know, you can, you can unlock Genius, if you're happy while you're working, so it's really, really important.
0: Now, how about a guy like Michael Bryan? He's a he's he's in court a lot of the time. So when he's got somebody up on a death penalty, you think huh. he should be laughing and joking? What do you think? No, no.
3: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, also, I would say happiness, being happy at work isn't all laughing and joking, no. right? You could be no. right. serious. There's, you know, it's it's not just not just the yeah, not just the joy part, but. <laughs> I would think, I would hope that uh, he gets a lot of purpose out of it, that it's really meaningful to him. Because meaning and purpose also can make us happy w- at work.
2: Yeah, I think it's satisfaction or, or yeah. Your purpose. Yeah, well, I yeah. could see yeah. that. Those opportunities, yep. you know, um, doing what you think you're supposed to be doing, you know. Yeah. So I think you get those benefits. So it's not just... All the world's happy all the time because then you might as well just be on, I don't know. But you feel good about that it. Does that.
0: You're not necessarily <laughs> happy, but you feel real, really good about it. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that, well, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That makes complete sense to me. I uh, do, do you think, Tia, we can we can all maybe figure this out? Because as I said, you watch the news, it's not going to make you happy. You read the news, it's not going to make you happy. The comment, the comment section... Uh, media, digital media right now My God, it's so incredibly negative How do we get around that to you? Okay, because I know people love it I don't go on social media anymore I haven't in, God, probably 10 years Something like that I can't mm-hmm. stand the negativity How can people who want to go on Twitter and Facebook And all these other sites, TikTok It's so negative Why do they want to go on there And how do they think they're going to achieve happiness by going? Does it make them feel good to rip people? Is, is that part of it?
3: So, social media is extremely, extremely addictive. Every time you go on, your brain gets multiple hits of dopamine, the neurotransmitter, in reward behavior. It is so rewarding, you know? And so, that's number one on, on why. And then, in terms of the negativity, so I tell people that you are responsible for the content that you consume. You choose who you follow and unfollow. And so, you can actually curate a positive social media feed, something that, you know, where there is positive and optimism. And I tell people to never watch the news on television, to read the news. The research shows that if you watch it on TV, whether it's CNN or Fox or whoever, Mm -hmm. that it makes you feel 31% more negative. And if if you read the news in the morning, because, you know, like most people, you want to be informed of what's happening, but it doesn't make you feel as negative. And so I think it's, you know, because we have our smartphones and, you know, we're sitting on computers all day, you can be in tune with this negative news all day long, or you can choose, okay, I'm going to read the news in the morning. I'm going to look at it again, you know, at 6pm and not be sitting there getting alerts of negativity all day long, because it's it's going to affect how you work, how you show up to your friends and family. And so we have to be responsible in how we're consuming content and, and choosing which content you want to consume.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. That makes complete sense. I by the way, did you come up with arrive at happy?
3: I did, yes. That's the name of my company.
0: It's a great name for Arrive at Happy. is a, uh, Yes, it says Tia Graham is the founder of Arrive at Happy, a certified chief happiness officer and has worked with dozens of global companies such as Goldman Sachs, Four Seasons, Kashi, to elevate engagement to sales and drive bottom-line results. See, that's what I like about this, Tia, that your companies are successful, the companies you work with are successful, bottom-line results are there, but they're much happier doing it. Isn't that what they want to do?
3: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's quite obvious that if employees are happy, that is going to directly translate to right. customer happiness. And why is a business in existence? Because, it, because of customers, right? And, and so that, that connection between and, you know, goes back to your first question of focus on your people and the money will follow because customers will be happy.
0: Oh, I just got a text from somebody that said, say, say Tia's shortened version of Arrive at Happy. Ah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's my logo.
0: Your logo ah. is ah. <laughs> I like that. No, I just, I, I love, one thing I do like is more and more on this show and on the morning show I do, we're having more and more people on that are striving to be happy for about two years, and I'm maybe the COVID situation that made it much, much worse, but people were not even interested in trying to be happy there for a while. They just, I don't know, maybe they were terrified of, you know, losing a loved one or something, but now it seems like, like, uh, you know, we just talked to Dr. Birnbaum ahead of you, Tia Graham with us right now. If you just tuned in, ladies and gentlemen, much, much more about being positive and happy. I really like the way this is turning. Do you think, do you think we've gotten, we've gotten to the point, we've had enough of all that negativity and we want to be happier now?
3: Yes, I think Good. people are, are desperate for hope, for light. They want to be optimistic and excited about the future, You know, whether it's their work, their community, their families. And I, I believe people are also getting fed up of the nonstop negativity and fighting and everything that's on the media. Because every single day, there's actually a lot of great things happening on this planet. There is. And I think it's time that we start countering all the negativity with mm-hmm. the wonderful things that are happening, that human beings are doing, that we're doing with the earth, etc. with companies. You know, it's, it's, it's not a realistic portrait of our world is 100% negativity.
0: Yeah, it's all about money, I think. All that negativity comes from striving to make a great deal of money. It puts way too much pressure yeah. on people. Is that a huge part of it, Ms. Graham?
3: Yes, absolutely. I mean, at first I thought you were talking about, you know, the negative news sells more advertising than than positive, so well, that for sure. For sure. But yeah. Yes, yes, many people think, you know, that the path to more happiness is just to, to make more money, to acquire more material possessions, and to make more money, and it's sort of this delayed view of when I get this and this, or yeah. when I am this, then I will be happy, and The research, you know, Sean Acor from Harvard University has proven this, that the formula is the complete opposite. It's when you're focusing on your happiness and well-being, you are going to be more successful. And so I really try and motivate executives and and working professionals to not delay it, you know, to, to do it now.
0: I think it's a wonderful idea. The book is called Be a Happy Leader, Stop Feeling Overwhelmed, Thrive Personally, Achieve Killer Business Results. You can go and get the book on Amazon or everywhere, Be a Happy Leader. Tia Graham, you're a wonderful guest. Thank you very much, and come back soon, please.
3: Thank you for having me. It's
0: a great pleasure. Thank you. Tia Graham, ladies and gentlemen. Again, her book is available everywhere. We'll take a break. Be right back in a couple minutes. The lovely and talented Michael Bryant will join Oh, yeah. Continuumweightwellbeing.com or call them or text them at 952 491 6527. The Continuum team, Nancy, Danette, and Kelly, are looking forward to getting you healthier today. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and I'll tell you what, if you weren't in a good mood when you started listening to the show today, you're in a good mood now. Two great guests.
2: I took that last guest, I took out of it as a customer, that I'd be happier as a customer if you were happier. So I think it's your fault. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: i don't know what to tell I'm you about just, that everything is
2: backstab. I'm just
0: would you get this butcher knife out of my back i, know, uh, had you got I don't know if i can it's pretty <laughs> buried in there pretty deep I'm just i will kidding. tell you that that was great of you guys to come over friday night by the way our, yeah, our neighbors good. really enjoyed that and, it was good you know they brought over a bunch of food and everything mm-hmm. and we got a bunch of pizzas from olives and but no, I, I think, see, right there you had, what, about 12, 14 people?
2: Yeah, about around.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Nobody argued. Nobody got mad at one another. We and talked. And everybody's got different
1: politics.
0: Yeah. and not, Different every, views and politics. Religions.
1: religions but, everybody yeah. can still get along.
0: You can still get along. Especially I know
1: if they have a couple of cocktails. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is that again, the cosmopolitan that you and Susan always have? Yes. Is that the plan? But yep. no, Beth I think had a great time. She was all she was laughing and yep, petting Murphy to, the dog and it was yep. it was just she had a great time. Murphy. But see that's what we're striving for, is trying to figure out how we can let's talk people into being in a little better mood. What do you say?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. The, the next morning I drove to Bemidji and then drove back on Sunday and then fixed the wash machine on Sunday afternoon. You. On
1: Father's Day, you had to fix the washing machine?
2: Yeah, yeah. David broke it again and you know. David
0: broke it again. Uh, uh, is he overloading
2: I like it? No, it's 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 there's a little plastic Thing that goes in—that's uh, part of the door that goes in. That thing is
0: always it and breaks in every dish, right? Uh, washing it, but, machine. But he decided—he
2: decided he's broken it twice. His brother broke it once. But they've got pieces now. They purchased the pieces yep, to replace we'll buy it. them in bulk. But he decided since there was a problem <laughs> that he would take the screws out of the inner thing, and then was shocked when it fell inside. Oh. Oh. So I had to take the roof off of the of the washing yeah. machine and find it, and it was connected to cords, So that kind of confused me because I thought it would be down below, but it wasn't. It was hanging so got that all put together everything's working again so that was my so if you
0: kept it, in there, would it activity would it rattle a little bit no it wouldn't, we we wouldn't the work it wouldn't the work the at all there was no connection oh there. i see what you're so. saying yeah yeah the cord is to uh engage the lock yep yep
2: so. god unbelievable so that was my activity
0: well, see, but you were with your family, so you were no, I wasn't me. with anybody.
2: I was, well, David kind of popped in a little bit and gave me a little help. Oh, but... he didn't help you? <laughs> no.
0: Jeez. Oh, he yes. help you. What and I kind of was deal with Thomas up
2: the Bemidji, so that was good. Yeah, that was good. So. Exactly. Yeah.
0: No, that whole deal is just. I, and I do. Do you think, now you, you see clients every day, you talk to clients every day. Are people kind of. I've, I am seeing people trying to be happier. They really are. For yeah. the two and a half years of this, negativity constantly is getting really old.
2: I think it's given a lot of people a chance to reflect on what's important to them. Good. You see more people moving or yep. changing jobs or changing whatever circumstance they're in because they just realize that life is short and you know you can't mm-hmm. keep doing whatever is making you unhappy. So, no, so know, I think you're seeing some of that. Yeah,
1: we know somebody that's loved his job and then they got a new CEO. No, everyone at the company. Hates their job. That stinks.
2: That's yeah, it's yeah. terrible. I don't understand being at a job you don't you hate. It's like well,
1: especially when the CEO is you know lives in New York mm-hmm. and is running a company in Minnesota and everyone's unhappy. What the? Why are they? Why did they do this? I don't I even don't. understand.
2: No. I don't. Why businesses do some of the things they do? Who knows?
0: Yeah, who does know? But I, I do think that people maybe have had enough of all this negativity. That nobody's good. Everything sucks. Everybody sucks. It's like okay, whatever. My life doesn't suck. I'm sorry. I you know my friends aren't the greatest. A little shot right there. But no, I have great a great family, great friends. I, I I'm happy with what we got. Could things have gone better? Could I have been treated better? Yes, there's no question about that. But it didn't happen unless it affects my family directly, and the only one that does it pretty much. Well, Andy's around a lot during the conversations as well. I am sick to death of having to deal with the crap that's dumped on me at home. I'm tired of it, and I don't want to do it anymore. Well, Catherine's got to stop. Yeah, you know. she's got to stop going after me <laughs> on a daily basis. Just stop asking you
1: to do things
2: around the house. If
0: you would just, <laughs> just sit back and let me sit back. Yep. What do you think to of that?
2: Settle down.
0: No, I think, and I do think, and Dr. Bernbaum, our first guest, first hour, she said this show needs to be on nationally. You should put the show national. And I. What's and,
2: the plan? <laughs>
0: and that's the plan. That's what we're what's what we're doing with it. We're going to take it. We we're signing with a company in New York. Charles is a great guy. Mike McVeigh, my very good friend for all these years. Although he's not going to be my great friend for very long because he's a Cleveland (laughs) Guardians fan and they're only one game back of the Twins now.
2: Well, the hell is
0: it? What do you mean? Oh, well, you
2: got the Red Sox. What are you going to do? They're coming. They're still in fourth. I know how the Yankees are just kicking
0: ass. The Yankees are doing well. Woo! They're doing well. What they got? Like an eleven-game lead, I think.
2: I don't know if it's that much, right? I think it it's is. pretty big. Andy, look it up. We, yeah, what's the lead? Well, I'll Our tell Catherine's you in a second. It up. I got it. I think second. it's
0: 11 games. They've got an 11 game lead, the Yankees do. I'm trying to figure out in the, the AL NFL East.
2: Standings. There we go. My God. Uh, yeah, you're right. The 11 games on Toronto. Yep. Jeez. Yeah, you could be in second place in the American League East and have the second best record in all of baseball. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what yep. is it about
0: the Yankees? Is it because everyone wants to play there?
2: Is well, that what it is? They they haven't been in the they haven't been in the World Series since the, well, I think the yeah. 90s. I oh, think. Yeah, oh really? Yeah, I mean it's that been a me. Really long time. George Steinbrenner, yeah. right? I think that's I think the I last think time so. I think it's the I think it's the Boone home run off uh, off um, off uh, um, uh, who was it um, the knuckleball picture pitcher that I can't think of for the Red Sox, um, but. Um, I think that's the last time they were in the World Series. God. and Yeah, it's been a long time for them. So it's not like, I mean, you know, they talk like they've had all these series, but a lot of them were a long, long time ago. Oh, it was a long, well, <laughs> yeah, when well, I was a kid, they
0: were always in the World Series. Yeah. I was a little Well, boy. there was a
2: time period when they made a run at that point, and then yeah. they made another, another run, and like the, what, the 80s, you know. But they also took advantage of before wild card, too. I mean, the Red Sox a couple times had the second-best record in baseball and didn't make the playoffs. didn't ever make the playoffs. Yeah, because they were behind the Yankees. So I'll tell
0: you one thing, and this is, I know, you know, we've only got a few more minutes left on the show, so it's all right if we change the subject here a little bit. But I will tell you, as a kid, and it's not even there anymore, but, uh, well, I wasn't a kid either. I was in my 30s, but going to Yankee Stadium for the first time, because they were playing the Red Sox okay. that day, I the feeling you get being there, and I was invited downstairs, and I'm standing there. It's like, this is where Babe Ruth used to stand. Oh, yeah. It's overwhelming when you, yeah. you go through that, and now that building's totally gone, right? Uh, yeah, they they just tore it down,
2: changed it, oh. completely changed it. I remember so. one
0: time that was like one of the uh went to the Twins Yankees game in 1980. Eight, that would have been. They opened the season the next year after winning the World Series at Yankee Stadium. And after the game, it's just crowded. Everybody's packed, and it just, you know, what, whatever. I don't even remember who won the game, and it doesn't matter. But I remember I came outside, and there was a cameraman, I think it was from Channel 9, I think. <clears throat> he said, Tommy... Uh, you know, you just lived here a couple of years ago. So I got all this equipment. He's got his cameras. He's got everything with him. If I just go across that bridge over there, could I get a taxi? I said, don't go across that oh, bridge. bridge. That's yeah. Harlem. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go over there with $200,000 worth of a- Well, you don't want to go anywhere in yeah, New York, do
2: you? With that much equipment. Yeah.
0: With that much equipment. I don't think it's a good idea. But, yeah, the thrill of going into that stadium. And then, of course, were you with, with us today, the first day we went to Shea Stadium, Catherine? We were climbing. Up. It's like climbing up a ladder in that old stadium. Those, it was so steep. It was unbelievable. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, it was steep in the Metrodome. Yeah, it was. Steep. Yeah, it if you was went was steep up in, in the Metrodome. That was that was an incredible saving on that block. real estate. Hey, I still remember taking the boys to see the Yankees uh, twins and got. Really, really cheap seats, so they were way up high behind home plate. Yeah, and the the hot dog vendor when I I, I waved him the hot dog, he looks at me, he's like, no, i no. had to go down and get them. They wouldn't even have somebody there. pass it up. Nothing. Well, there was no people to pass it <laughs> oh, up with. And oh. he just wasn't walking up that far, so I had to go down and get him. So gotta remember it was the hot dog a, vendors. It was always bribery to bring the boys to a game.
0: What was the man's name that used to wear the Brock umbrella?
2: The Brock. Umbra- Are you or talking the, about the, Wally? The, um, no. no, not
0: Wally the beer man. Wally was a great guy too. Right, but
2: a Brock. Umbrella. He was a black
0: man in America today, and he wore one of those Brock umbrellas. It was a hat shaped like an umbrella. Yeah, Lou know. Brock. Who, and, I don't know
2: and, and, who and, that was. Johnny. I don't know who that was because there was Horace, who was with, who was with. Uh, I think it was named Horace. There was the big red-headed guy, but I don't remember. I mean, vendors have disappeared. Yeah, I haven't yeah, got as many are. games. Well,
0: this man's no with us. But like, COVID
2: knocked yeah, out yeah. a whole bunch yeah, of yeah. vendors Dude. for a while. I don't know if we'll get them back or not. Somebody. So And they've been oh, a lot of Maceo money doing that. Was it Maceo
0: Breedlove? I think his name was Maceo, Maceo Breedlove.
2: I'm almost certain The hell, that that's name. like a horse's name or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a Maceo? Sounds like, no. sounds like Mace a racehorse or, or something. Maceo Breedlove. Coming down the Andy.
0: Yeah. So. You got anything? Well, he... Maceo Breedlove was a Negro League player, so I'm telling you, it was Maceo Breedlove. That was yeah. that was him, and he wore a Brock umbrella. Could not have been a nicer guy. I don't, I don't remember Brella. that. I don't remember that. The umbrellas. It's it's bronze umbrella. Was, it was that? Was
2: it Twins again? Yeah.
0: It was at the oh. old uh, Met, uh, Metropolitan uh, Stadium. Oh, see,
2: I never went to much because oh, I think God, it was either it was great. It was <clears> close <throat> to being gone by the time I. Oh got yeah. Here. Okay. So you know, so I missed out on the on the. Uh, uh, on the Met Center stories, so he used to buy what steak sandwiches from him.
0: Uh he, he, yeah, he would do sandwiches. He would do, and the guy there was about a ninety-year-old guy. Popcorn, get your popcorn. <laughs> I want you to know it's buttered. And it wasn't, of course, but he. I want you to know it's buttered. It was imitation <laughs> <clean>. butter. <laughs> it was so much fun back in those days. I'm, uh, I'm going to Twins game very very soon, and I'm looking for. I've been to a Twins game and. What has it been, Catherine, three years?
2: And the last one you went to, oh. didn't you go two years ago with, um, uh, go with the station? Yeah.
1: Every time you go to a game, you say you're never going to a game. I'm before. never going again.
2: No, there will, the, there will be, be the against. slightest
1: inconvenience. Yeah. Couldn't park, couldn't yeah. get. To the, no, we had Champions
0: Club parking.
1: Then he won't Champions
2: go. Vikings he has, but I haven't heard you say that about the Twins. I've heard him say that about the Vikings. Oh, it's he's like, I'll never, never go back to Vikings Oh, my again. God.
0: The crowd's going into a Viking game. You would get your head cut off, yeah. for Christ's but sake. But
2: you went with um, one of the advertisers not that long ago behind, oh, home, behind the dugout a couple years ago. Didn't you I, we go to Bilski? Oh, because we, we went to, we went to, to, to uh, dinner at, um, at the place in St. Louis Park before you went. Um, you guys were both going. Yeah. Um, uh the place in St. Louis where the, the um the <laughs> the Jewish uh, the the, Delhi? the yeah, the one that's Oh, crossroads? Uh, no, the one that's <clears> off <throat> off uh, uh, fifty five. Oh, Mort's. Mort's. We went oh, to Mort's. Mort's. Went and to then the Mort's. you guys went to the game right after. They used oh, to have the Toots
0: sandwich, yeah. but they took it off the menu. Damn it. Yeah. I know. They had a sandwich for my mother, and they took it off the menu. The heartless bastards. Well, it was
1: a giant sandwich, and not too many people could that get was. That
0: it was a giant sandwich. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, yeah, I'd like to get back into Well, I'll give you an example.
2: You'd like to get back into what? I want to hear what the, you'd like to get back into. Into, into watching the, sports, because I don't watch sports at sports sports all now. anymore. You don't watch you open at all? Nope. Nothing. So you don't no, even know who, Do you know, know who won. I know who won. Okay.
0: And it was not an American, and that's why not. I don't watch golf anymore.
2: Well, but it was because Americans aren't winning. Well, if some Americans the, win, or I'm not watching. Some of the non Americans have been the most exciting players we've had in Bring time. back Tiger Woods. Nick was, Faldo. I mean, I, I, I didn't like Nick Faldo. Sevy, yeah. you know, Seve Ballesteros. Sergio. I mean, there's been a lot of really good, yeah, talented non Americans. Oh, well, Rory McElroy. Yeah, Roy. I love watching Rory. Yeah, he's a good Although boy. they showed Rory, like, as a kid, his first U.S. Open. He was like 14 years old. I know. Job. He's, like I a know. skinny little he guy. He was now 14. Really? No, I don't Not know. What he old, was oh. But he's just like, now he's, you know, so different than he was, you know? So. I'll
0: get back into it. But now they got some other English stir that won it yesterday.
2: Yeah, wow. Well,
0: remember that on the a- a- Andy Griffith show? English stir? Yeah, English stir. English- Do you remember
1: stir. the Andy Griffith yeah. show? Did you just say no, that? I don't. <laughs> Again. No not everybody's watching Nostalgia,
2: nostalgia television. Mm-hmm.
0: I watch it all the time. I know as you, you know, because I love it. But it you does sure
2: stink do. to watch like the open and there's a whole bunch of players that you don't even know. Yeah, like, oh, I, well, I don't even know is. who that is. Right. dude's like
1: the show's right. over, right? So. just came over and started licking my ankle. He just came over and started licking my ankle.
0: Amateur and when the U.S. Open. I think it's Columbus, New England, or no? Columbus, Nebraska. That would be Columbus,
2: Nebraska. What's that?
0: I have no idea where Columbus, Nebraska. Probably.
1: Probably. Your uh, warranty on your cars. Yeah, over. I'm
0: guessing. No, yep. oh, the warranty call. You get those warranty calls. All right, well, how was the 10 minute show you did today?
2: Uh, I did, it was longer her than 10 minutes. I just was just quiet, you know? So I didn't want to just barge right in and well, start talking and guess I didn't know who it was. She was terrific, though. She was the very good. Was good. She was Dr. good. Dr.
0: Birnbaum was great. Dr. Burnbaum was very, very happy that this show was. Uh, and we weren't trying to be positive. It just was a very nice feel about Father's Day and the Family Day yesterday. <laughs> nice we were, you know, to
1: hear try. from Tevin. <laughs> oh, Tevin, Tevin called in? Tevin called yeah, in Tevin me called Happy
0: him. Father's Day.
2: So, but uh, you. Um, You weren't trying to be happy. You started the show. I will not be happy today.
0: I will not be happy. Oh, it turns out I was. Damn it, I turned on myself. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family on the Tom Bernard (laughs) Podcast.